Shay, if you don't already know, and I am so excited to be back and rehashing UFC 275 with everyone. I have to say, and I don't care who thinks I'm like showing recency, recency bias or whatever, but this was the best collective card I have ever seen personally. I have favorite live fights that I've seen or events that I've been through, but that's not exactly what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like fight for fight action and absolutely the liveliest card that I personally have ever seen. And so, of course, I want to go ahead and start off with none other than Jocelyn Edwards versus Ramona Pascual. Um, Jocelyn won via unanimous decision, and I'll get into my opinion on that in a bit. But first, I just want to say that this was the perfect banger to start out the night. I know that 145 is a super stacked division amongst the MMA realm as a whole, but this fight made me very hopeful of a reprisal in the UFC's own division because it has always been kind of a steady lull, just in my opinion, but it does seem to be heating up with this fight most definitely because they really were extremely talented performers out, performers out there. But what I will say, of course, is that I am not sure how Jocelyn got a unanimous decision. I thought Ramona had the upper hand at first, so I certainly did not think that the fight was that one-sided. But alas, the judges are shite. So we move on to another banger, and this one was Silvana Gomez Juarez versus Lengna. I hope I said that right. Um, and that was via first round knockout at one minute and 22 seconds. And I wasn't familiar with Silvana at first. So the whole time I was just like, go ahead, skirt girl. And I was just getting like school teacher vibes from her. But that's besides the point. Um, short and sweet. She rocked not very, very hard. And it was just dope. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. Another banger and a sequence of a cumulatively banger card. <laughs> and after that, we had Mahishate versus Steve Garcia. And that was also first round knockout. This one at a minute and 14 seconds of the fight. And what a crazy debut for Mahishate. He absolutely starched Garcia and he just saw the opening and capitalized on it. And what more can you really ask for in a fight? Not sure what you want, but that kind of did it for me. <laughs> so after that one, we had Josh Kulibao versus Xiangwoo Choi, and that was a split decision. So it was one of the better split decisions. Um, absolute insane banger, high pace and intensity all throughout the fight. Just one of those fights that you want to rewatch, not necessarily because it was a split decision and you want to see how it was scored and why whoever person won, but more so just because it was a fun fight to watch. At least for me, I could watch that over and over. Um, both men almost went down a few times, but were able to quickly turn things around. And Gulibao was so technically sound, and the power in choice strikes really pulled him through those exchanges, unlike I've ever seen before. And it was a very tit-for-tat fight. And in this house, we were on the edge of our seats. <laughs> and I thought it was a fair win. Um, and just in my opinion, and an overall excellent fight. And then after that, we had a, another bonus winner, um, Jack Della Madalena versus Ramazan Eve. And that was also 
first round. <laughs> um, finish at 2 minutes and 32 seconds. Crazy escape from Ramazan's submission attempt. And, of course, the impressive first round finish. And, you know, just another factor in this already very packed card. And after them was Jake Matthews versus Andre Fialo. And this one was a knockout in the second round at 2 minutes and 24 seconds. And this one had a great first round, but Matthew's shots just snuck up on Andre. And those shots just really played between his rhythm, just making it an inevitable finish. So great performance from Drake and Drake. Ooh, Jake. (laughs) And I hope to see Fialo back soon. He definitely has a lot of promise. It wasn't one of those fights that was like, ah, he sucks, (laughs) you know, or like the train's been derailed or anything. It's just, you know, once you get a fighter that catches you off your rhythm, you know, uh, Israel Adesanya is very much like that. Um, Just the way he performs and just performs between beats. It makes it really hard for their opponents to really catch them and time their shots well. So amazing job by Jake Matthews. And for those who like comment every time I say, um, get over it. (laughs) Does it really matter? Are you just don't listen if it bothers you? Who cares? I just do this crap for me. So anyways, (laughs) after Jake Matthews, we had, of course, Zhang Wei Li versus Yuan and Jaytrick. And that, of course, was by a spinning back fist. The first one, I believe, to win in a, or the first move to win that in, a, in women's UFC history. I'm not sure if that's solely correct, but I believe so. I don't think I've ever seen anyone, or excuse me, I'm not sure if I've ever seen that in a women's fight, it being one like that. So amazing by Zhang Wei Li. And that was at two minutes and 28 seconds of round two. And I just want to mention, start start by mentioning that Whaley had an evident increase in forward pressure and wrestling compared to her previous fights. And she did a really good job of flattening Joanna out. Joanna out. And Joanna was trying hard to fight out of those sequences, but Whaley really just overpowered her and looked so sharp at all levels of the fight. Everywhere they went, she looked so sharp and ready to go. And Joanna fired hot at some points, of course, you know, she's a legend and her game is equally respectable and I will never slander her because she's just a marvel with her technique. But ultimately, Whaley fired that spinning back fist and that'll do it. <laughs> so it goes without saying that I am so excited to see Whaley run through Carla. And also Whaley can wrestle and make it a violent exchange in wrestling for her. So I am really excited to see this booked. And I also can't and don't want to end this fight commentary for for this fight in particular without mentioning Ioana's post-fight speech. It just made me want to cry. (laughs) She is absolutely deserving of this peaceful retirement and shift into motherhood and business ventures. So make sure you continue to follow her on that because I can guarantee you her story is very much unwritten and you all will want to stay tuned to see what she does next. But also if you are a super Ioana fan, um, I'm sure that you've done what I did after she decided to retire and just look at her old, her old fights. And, you know, she had one uh, where she was competing uh, with Valentina Shevchenko 
And it was just way, way, way back in the day. And you can just, you know, relive and understand why, you know, the whole MMA community really respects her and what she is about. If you are a newer fan to the sport and you're listening to this, um, I really urge you to go ahead and do that with Joanna. Even if you don't particularly care for women's MMA, she is such a monster and she has proved it time and time and time again, you know, and when, when it's done, it's done. And, you know, she's onto a different phase in her life and she looks like she is just ready for that. And I am so excited to see her go for that. So <laughs> with the next fight, so I stopped rambling. We have Valentina Shevchenko versus Tana Santos. And that was via split decision. So, you all know I love Valentina Shevchenko. I adore her. I think that she is, I know <laughs> that she is the greatest of all time to, to do it in in the arena that she's done it um, as far as like women's flyweight. So with, with this one, I think we can all agree that us Valentina fans got a little lucky <laughs> with all that being said. And maybe not. I have to rewatch again, maybe. But I, I do think that Tyla had the edge, but the edge over Valentina by a very small margin, at least. That Valentina is the champ, and sometimes judges, you know, go the champ's way just because, you know, to become the champ, you have to definitively beat the champ. Obviously, that wasn't the case with Rose versus Carla. You know, that one was a little bit of a lull fest, but with this fight, it was a little bit more exciting and more riveting. And especially just because Tyla, a lot of people weren't expecting her to perform that well against Valentina. And it wasn't necessarily that she was beating Valentina, but she was stopping Valentina. So what I mean by that is that, you know, she wasn't putting Valentina in any real definitive danger. But, you know, well, there were some parts where she did, but, you know, Valentina did the same for her. But what I mean is that overall, it wasn't definitive. And she was just stopping Valentina from, uh, you know, uh, performing the sequences that usually win her fights. And she had a very good eye for Valentina's timing, uh, for her game planning, for her style. She prepared the best that I've seen someone prepare against Valentina Shevchenko. And even though I do think that uh, Valentina is a legend and, you know, the GOAT, <laughs> I did think that Tyla did win that fight just by margin. Maybe I can rewatch. But if you disagree or even if you agree, I would love for you to let me know and just to get your opinion. Um, nevertheless, I think we will see that fight again. And I, I hope you do because Tyla is a marvel and an absolute soldier. And I would love to see how Valentina evolves for her in the next fight. I was just happy to see that it was a good competitive fight for Valentina. And it would be just be awesome to see someone as sweet and worthy of a rematch as Tyla because that really was entertaining and competitive and very just mentally intriguing. She's a true warrior, and it looks like Val might want to fight the winner of Misha versus Lauren Murphy and then fight Tyla, but my hope is that she goes up to 135, fights Juliana, lets the winner of Misha versus Lauren fight Tyla, and then Viola, Viola uh, Valentina come back down to 125 to fight the winner of that fight. But we'll, we'll see. I hope that's what happens. That would be the smartest thing, I think, because 
I don't necessarily like Juliana Pena as the 135 champion. <laughs> so I would love to see Bob give her a class and then give Misha and Lauren a chance to duke it out, then have Tyla come back and fight the winner of that. And then we'll see maybe Val later down the line fight Tyla again, or maybe even Misha. So I'm hoping to see that. I feel like that would be awesome, either one. And now we have for the main event, Yuri Prohaska versus Glover Teixeira. And of course, this was insanely won by Rear Naked Choke uh, with four minutes and 32 seconds into the fifth round. Oh, man, <laughs> this fight was freaking incredible. Just intense scrambles and active exchanges were the story of the fight. And it was an instant classic. And if you disagree, you're wrong. <laughs> I thought it was just an instant classic and I could have watched it over and over. Yuri looked like a wild young, young buck for most of the fight, but it was exciting and it paid off. <laughs> you know, he did look a little wild, not fine tuned, you know, a little, a, a little left off the tail end there, you know, not as precise, but I think that just comes with, you know, being in this division that, you know, has seen some, seen some struggle after the departure of John Jones. And, you know, I think, I think it, he's exciting enough for a potentially full division again. And I hope that we get that. It, it paid off. His craziness paid off. And, it, you know, he did get caught a few times, of course, because, you know, Glover Teixeira is not going to give you an easy fight at all. And the whole fight was just like watching a very violent chess match between you know, the young blood and the old blood, the the wild, crazy new guy, he's not necessarily like new new, versus the fine-tuned, more reserved and um, experienced fighter. Both men really showed their worthiness and made it a true gladiator match and their willingness to just keep moving it forward and landing dangerous shots while also so showcasing that brilliant grappling. So it was an absolutely epic night of fights start to finish. <laughs> and I felt blessed just to witness such awesomeness. You know, I recently watched Mean Girls, so I'm sorry. And yeah, so that was all the fights that we had. And overall, I think that there is hopefully a shift in divisions where you would usually see more of a lull. I mean, I, I hate saying that, even though I've said it like three times, but there are just certain divisions that, you know, the champs are so dominant that it's almost hard to even enjoy fights unless they're competitive. And I feel like with Valentina versus Tyla, that was needed. That was very much needed because we love Valentina Shevchenko. And also, little side note, she spent, I think, I think a few weeks or a couple weeks um, training at the gym that I started off with, <laughs> Smiley Academy in Orange Park, Florida. Um, it's, by ja or it's basically Jacksonville. And I just thought that was awesome because they are such a family like feeling atmosphere and they are such good people, um, James and Cheryl, um, and they have two beautiful children and they are just amazing people. And it just made my heart so happy to see a fighter that I respect. Oh, I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> um, a fighter that I respect so much from afar, obviously to, it's such a small world to like meet and train, um, and respect a family that I deeply respect as well. I mean, 
if you have a chance to um, look into the Smiley Academy or even just look at the website or, um, I don't know, somehow find out the story, uh, I wouldn't encourage you to reach directly out to Smiley because, you know, he he's a very busy person and, you know, he will take the time to talk to you, but, you know, I don't want like you guys to bombard him, but um, he and his wife are the most incredible couple ever. They are so knowledgeable and they are so focused and they're just beautiful. And for, for Valentina Shochenko to spend time there and learn and all of that was just very, very heartwarming for me to see. And I hope that, you know, more local people, um, go into Smiley Academy. It's, it's doing wonderfully now from what I see. Um, unfortunately I don't, I don't go anymore, but you know, they are just, it's such a beautiful gym. And if you are local to the area, just go, you know, pay a drop-in fee and go train. Um, I'm pretty sure they do drop-in fees, but if not, you know, pay the man his money um, and just check it out. It's totally worth it. I've had multiple friends go and check it out and they love it. You know, they're not all still there, but you know, they still do, you know, go all they can. And it's, it's always a great experience for them. So if you are local to the Jacksonville area, please go check out Smiley Academy. You will not regret it. Um, but back to the actual content, <laughs> um, Valentina, it's almost hard to get excited for fights because you're like, oh, you know, there's just this one or oh, there's just that one. And I'm not even going to lie. I was like that with Tyla as well, because I knew Tyla was good. But, you know, once you have someone who is just so consistently undefeated like Valentina, it's kind of hard to think of the ways that she can be beaten. And obviously, technically, she was not beaten. But this fight did show the other women in that division where they are able to improve their skills to potentially beat Valentina. The only scary part for them as well that that they have to take into consideration is that Valentina is a sharp mind. She is so intelligent and she evolves so much faster than I've seen a lot of other, you know, women in that division develop. And so you know, they're going to have to deal with her as well. So they're essentially going to have, going to have to be thinking two steps ahead, you know, to be able to catch up with her because she's not just going to come back and perform the same. You know, she always, I, I would love to just study her brain <laughs> because her processing time and her adjustments are so brilliant. And Tyla was really able to show her humanness in this fight and so I'm hoping that this division just lights up again and just catches fire because I love 125 I think the women at 125 are freaking awesome you know it's just it seemed for so long that Valentina was so far and above their level and now you know they're starting to realize that it's it's attainable so I really enjoyed that that was such a competitive fight and with the light heavyweight division, I've loved Yuri for a really long time. I think he's awesome. Um, I know some people think he's kind of gimmicky and whatever, but hey, <laughs> there's people out there who love WWE. So I'm going to love me some Yuri Prohaska. <laughs> so I love the whole Czech samurai thing. I feel like he really lives it. And whether you think it's corny or not, that's fine. But I think it's awesome. And he really seems to live it. And he really seems to respect that culture and you know he he has referenced um Miyamoto Musashi and people like that who are 
you know, heavily or who have heavily influenced that samurai culture and way of life and art of war and stuff like that. And that is something I respect so much because my dad references that stuff all the time. He even did a huge, like, uh, Musashi painting one time that was just sick. But yeah, anyways, um, that is why I love here. I think that gimmick or not, that it's true to him and he brings that into the octagon. He does need some refinement and fine tuning. I'm sure he knows that. He doesn't need that coming from me. Obviously, none of them do. <laughs> but this is just my observation and my hope that he does refine that because let's just say one day John Jones decides to drop back down to light heavyweight. Mm. I'm not sure it'll go Yuri's way. So I'm really hoping that he does do that. And for Glover, I'm really happy that he is deciding to continue. He's not my, I wouldn't consider him, you know, a fighter that excites me extremely, but I, I respect him a lot. And I think that's more important than being excited um, because I respect it. Just like with um, John Jones, I don't necessarily get excited to see him fight. He's not my favorite person. He's done a lot of things that, I think are, are unsettling, but I do respect that he was the greatest to ever do it in the light heavyweight division. I do respect that his mind, like Valentina, you know, his mind is a marvel. It's just a shame that he's tainted his own legacy. Um, people might disagree, but you know, that's just an example of fighters that I will always respect, even if I don't necessarily get excited to watch them. Conor McGregor, again, part two coming soon. I hope that you liked that that first. I know it was short, but that was just setting the foundation for a lot of ups and downs that I'm going to talk about. But yeah, so that is all I have for you all today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I included a little bit more banter today, you know, straight away a little bit from just strictly fight breakdowns because I want it to feel like I'm actually talking uh, with you guys about these fights and you all are so awesome when you reach out like right via DM or, you know, Facebook or Twitter. You know, you guys are always so cool to me and just continue doing that. If you ever have any suggestions of fighters you want to have a series on or you know, specific fight breakdowns or, you know, a fight card specifically, like a past one, um, definitely let me know. I am so down to do that. I'm always down to talk about fights. Always, always, always. So with all that being said, I will catch you guys next time.